When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 133 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. But today, we are joined by none other four-time world Olympic champion, Jordan Burroughs on the line. Mr. Burroughs, how are you this morning? Good. Should I say good morning, gentlemen? Good to be here. Good morning. Good. It's uh, it's an honor to have you on, Jordan. Um, checking in with with the fam. You got a new little one, baby Aura. Yes. How how's she doing? She's doing wonderful. She's awesome, man. It's 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 incredible. I think back to where I was in 2012. I was not married. I had no kids. I lived in an apartment on my own, doing my own thing, Rolling Stone. And now, you know, fast forward four years later, my life has changed drastically. But she's doing well. She's great, man. She's growing fast. She actually was one month on Monday. Wow. Um, that was quick. Pretty incredible Seems to have like... a baby girl. Yeah, perspective shifts. Like, I was telling Lauren, I spent the entire nine months before Or was born hoping for another little boy selfishly. <laughs> and then once, once she arrived, like, instantly it's that perspective shifts. And it's just a different, profound type of love you have for a little lady, especially yeah. his wife. And I'm like, women are so special, man. They're so valuable. Love it. Love it. Love having a little girl. Yeah, I think uh, I think most men would be like, you know, they they hope for a boy, and then when the little girl comes, they love him to death. You know, oh, they, I was scared to death of having a girl, dude. So scared, and now I'm going, whoa, it's it's it's. And uh, her name's Aura, right? Wait, what did you say that Aura meant? I I think I read it on Twitter. Yes, there are a number of meanings behind aura. Um, in Spanish, the root word comes from oro, which is masculine for to pray. Mm-hmm. And um, so aura, which would be the feminine version, means she prays. And then also, it means gold um, in Portuguese. Yeah, so, you know, I I, yeah, uh, yeah. I I was I read. I think I saw the one that was that was uh, pray right, and then. I was looking yeah. at, I was looking at results from a tournament, and for for the winner that it said underneath it said Aura, and I'm like, well that's pretty cool because it means pray and her name also means gold, which is very interesting. Important language Brazil, so if that has meaning. Oh, hey Jordan, you're breaking up a little bit, buddy. Um, Moving on, glad to hear that that the the little baby is doing well, baby or and I can echo the daughter thing. Had a boy first, little girl, scared, <laughs> kind of wanted another boy, and man, they they have a way of winning your heart over really fast. Yeah, uh, Wait, how old are you? How old are your little ones? Five and three, five and three, just turned five and three. So it's fun, man. It's fun. You can't beat it. Um, Indeed. So a week ago, you took to Twitter and and you you opened up and kind of put yourself out there in a way where publicly maybe we haven't seen you before, taking a pretty strong yeah. political stance about about the police violence that's been going on. And it's been a hot button topic around the country, and mm-hmm. I, I gotta admit when when I was just putting those tweets together, I had no idea what the response that the response would be what it was which was very strong on your side and strong against you and there was not a lot of middle ground um there wasn't what went into you deciding okay i need to speak out (laughs) 
for a long time as an athlete and as someone has a particularly powerful voice via social media. And however, I just speak out. I think a lot of times you suppress your opinions or You know, not hey Jordan, you're you're really cutting in and out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I cannot. We cannot really hear you. I got you. Jordan moving around the. Maybe he's moving around the house a little bit to get better How's reception. That? Yeah, I that's, hear you, Jordan. How's that? Is that a little better? Yeah, that's yeah, that's a, good. That's great. Perfect. I know. So I said as a, a professional athlete or a high level athlete with a powerful voice via social media and any other avenue I decide to pursue, I think that a lot of times your voice is suppressed for, you know, reasoning being behind whether you don't want to ruffle any feathers or you don't want to deter yourself from potential sponsorships mm-hmm. or, you know, being in a position that I always want to be neutral. I always want to be in a position of neutrality. And I have that place in middle ground where I appeal to the masses, and that means every culture, every socioeconomic group, and just every individual. And so a lot of times you don't express your opinion because you don't want people to think differently of you. Um, And so this particular time, something that has been extremely powerful in the forefront of the media and has happened repeatedly, I think that is something I just found within me that I wanted to really speak out upon um, because I felt strongly about it. I think it touches me culturally, or at least from the place and economic background that I have as a young African-American man from Sicklerville, New Jersey. And so it was something that was important to me. Um, so it's something that I wanted to really speak out on. Um, whether I did it the right way or not is, you know, that's up to each individual that it touches to decide. But I think I was happy with the way that I was able to portray my thoughts in 140 characters. I know you always take a lot of flat um, Christian for, <laughs> you know, sometimes the, the brashness of your tweets in such a short amount of, uh, of verbiage. But I thought I did a pretty good job of getting the things that I felt across. And, you know, to each individual, that's, that's for them to decide how they take it. Was there um, a period of time where you're like sitting there deliberating and you're like, man, I'm feeling strong. I want to get that, this out there. Or was it like, I'm feeling this, let's tweet it and see what happens. Or was it kind of a calculated decision? Yeah, it was kind of, it, it was a mixture of both, you know? And so for on a number of social topics, there are always people who reach out to me like, man, you have such a powerful voice you should express your opinion. So, like, I think the best part about social media, from my perspective and on my behalf, is I always try to be transparent and absolutely organic. And so I never want to have a conversation within house and amongst my friends that I'd be afraid to portray to the world and put in the spotlight. And so that was something that was near and dear in my heart. I'm like, listen, if I talk about it at the crib, I want to talk about it online. I don't want to be that guy. Like, I always hear people say, don't talk about religion, finances, and politics (laughs) on social media. But those are some of the most important topics in the entire world. People Mm -hmm. have jobs just discussing those things. Um, And so I thought it was important to me. I thought it was important to me. And so at that time, as soon as I felt it, I'm like, listen, I'm just going to go in via tweets. And the things that came to my mind, I tweeted. Um, And so I tried to be as graceful as possible with my approach. I didn't want to make it cultural or um, racial at all. I didn't want to make it any type of segmented, classist type of tweet. I wanted to make sure I could have both perspectives and see it from every position, but allow people to understand my discontent and my disposition with what was going on. Yeah, you know, it's really difficult um to touch on a sensitive subject like that uh, in 140 characters, I thought you, I thought you did great. And I think if people go back and, and read it and see, oh, and, and see what you didn't say, right. You didn't make it a racial thing. Um, 
you didn't make it a class a cl- um it be about class um but it, it but see, gets that's what i think a lot of people want to get into though yeah they do and so so they project they project that onto it right if um if you go back there, there's a whole yeah i've been called i've been called a racist like i've never been called a racist my entire life <laughs> yeah um, especially being in a in a sport that's predominantly caucasian um, mm-hmm. I've never been called racist, but it's interesting because like not in not one of those tweets did I use the word black or white. Um, yeah. Um, and, and I made sure that was my position in there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I, I think it's there's a whole school of literary theory, which which uh, talks about what isn't there, what words aren't there. Um, <laughs> so and, and there's a reason for that. Uh, and you didn't you didn't say those things, but those things kind of get projected on and projected to it um and i i I don't know i think the backlash of some of the things that you said were things that you didn't say (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely well i think people had preconceived notions as to every everything that you do this is such a sensitive topic and so if you hashtag black lives matter automatically you don't think white lives matter Mm mm-hmm and so if you stand against the police, automatically you stand for injustice and everyone who was involved in a Dallas shooting that killed the policeman. Like, everything is either here or there. Like, there's, there's no middle ground. It's like, I feel that things can be mutually exclusive. Like, you can appreciate the policemen and what they do for our country, but also dislike injustice and what right. they do to some of the particular individuals who don't have a voice to speak out. And I think that's huge. And people need to understand that. And I come from a position where I've been on both sides of the spectrum. I've come from a predominantly African-American community to living in Lincoln, Nebraska for 10 years. And so, you know, I went from lower middle class to doing extremely well for myself financially because of my success as a wrestler. And so, like, I understand both perspectives. And so when people say I don't know what I'm talking about or I'm not engaged or I'm not self-aware or educated or knowledgeable, it's a complete lie. Like, I'm one of the few people that have been in both sides of that perspective from being from where I'm from to arriving at where I am now. I think I'm pretty knowledgeable about what goes on in the black community and then what goes on, you know, in the higher classes. Yeah, and and it's almost... Like politics, too. Like, you have to be, if you're a Republican, you have to think this way. And if you're a Democrat, you have to think this way. It's very um, polarizing where not everything has to be one side or the other. Why don't you just, instead of being pro-police or pro-community, why can't you look at the individual cases and say what's right and wrong, which I think you did? Right. Or just be pro-justice. That's it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. You, you, I'm just pro the right thing being done every single time. And so whether that means bringing the policemen to justice um, in these particular situations that they mishandled, or that means that the uh, subject was out of line and, you know, he was resisting arrest too much and they had to instill this force and power upon him, or, you know, just creating avenues and ways for these guys to make sure that this doesn't happen again, regardless of what is necessary moving forward. I think that just something needs to be identified besides, okay, this dude was being crazy. I had to put him down. Let's move on. You have been, uh, I I mean, every great athlete has their detractors, I'm sure. But I think by and large, Jordan, you are kind of universally loved, liked, whatever the word is. What was it like to see it? No, it didn't turn, and I'm not saying it turned one bit, but just to have a, a volume of people to be kind of taking the anti stance against you. Like I was, I was reading some of this stuff, and I was like, "Oh, really? That's how y'all feel? This guy's been doing it right for years, and he makes a tweets, uh, yeah, a couple tweets." Crazy. I'm like, "Y'all turn, y'all turn like that." Yeah, was that surprising? What was yeah, that yeah, like? Yeah, and, and I try to, I try to stay. I mean, I'm so content and at peace with who I am as an individual and and who I want to be that, you know, I'm unmoved by the things that people say to me. Yes, I do read them and I do see the things and it 
is irrational. It's, it's, it's borderline like psycho. Yeah. Some of the things that people were saying, like I had people say, like I respect Burroughs as a wrestler, but that's all now. Like, yeah, that's all. Just as a wrestler, I'm not a good father, not a good husband. Nothing else that I've done in my life has been done the right way, as opposed to wrestling. Um, I've had people say, you know, I had a poster of you and my son in his room, and now I'm going to be taking that down after your stance in this position. And so, like, anyone who knows me as an individual knows who I am as a man and as a person, and that I always want what's best for for everyone. Well, the I th- general consensus of me as an individual, but I'm, I mean, I'm not here to defend myself. I think that that's, it's, it's, it's just the nature of what it is. And I think that I expected it moving into that position and actually speaking it out. And I think that's why a lot of athletes don't, they fear that backlash, but I don't like, I'm in such a good place. Um, and I'm still happy with the fact that I was able to do that and, and remain in a place of contentment afterwards, you know, that for a lot of people, it's, it's tough for them to, to take a stance and be unwavering, you know, in their faith and their ability to still maintain relationships with people. So, you know, I'm still going to go ahead and move forward and live my life the way I do. And for those people that I lost, maybe they weren't true fans really. And so for the fans that I gained or the people that were already fans, and supported me through that, I think I really just forged a stronger relationship with the people who already supported me and who were true fans. And the people that weren't, you know, and said they were going to take my posters down and that they don't respect me as a man and they're no longer cheering for me in Rio, then they probably weren't true fans in the first place. Um, But it's interesting. I've never seen someone try to belittle a person so significantly who has done so much correctly. Yeah, right. That was like my only... I'm like, Christian, wow. Christian you know, often like, says, you don't know anything. All you've done is wrestle. Someone said like, all you know is wrestling. You wrestled in high school, you wrestled in college and you wrestle internationally. You know nothing about life outside of the sport of wrestling. And so the interesting thing is like, people are like, unless you're in the police force, don't talk <laughs> about this situation. But these are the same guys that are on Flow Wrestling commenting about wrestling every day. And I'm sure none of them have ever wrestled <laughs> at the Olympics, the World Team Trials or the state championships or the NCAA championships, but yet they give their input on the sport of wrestling. And so it's pretty crazy in that sense. But, you know, it's just the nature the nature of society. And so I'm good. I'm good with it either way. Yeah. Willie and I, uh, I don't know, it might have been a year ago. I'm not sure when it was. We, we talked about race and wrestling. And, and just a pet peeve I've always had, and, and I think Willie – kind of understands where I'm coming from here is the the stereotypes that black wrestlers get attributed to I think are unfair and I think they kind of uh, I think they're actually belittling um, that they're explosive yeah, explosive absolutely. athletic and raw and, and I remember distinctly you kind of comp you tweeted about it after the show and you said there's you know there's a lot that could be said about this so I I just wanted kind of your thought that wrestlers black wrestlers are kind of marginalized for their kind of physical gifts not their tactics not their strategy not their hard work um but that's my opinion i I've, i'm a media guy who had a very short wrestling career you're a black sure. wrestler so I, i'm just curious for your perspective yeah that's tough i think that i agree with you on certain behalf it's it's a difficult position for a lot of wrestlers to be in. And that's why there was a period of time where I was extremely upset with my treatment in the wrestling community in relation to guys like Kyle Dake and David Taylor, who I absolutely adore. I think that they are amazing wrestlers and amazing men. But I just felt like the general wrestler at five or six years old right now who's just strapping up his first pair of wrestling shoes, they appreciate me because of my prowess and my skill set and that I'm Olympic champion. But I'm not extremely relatable from a physical perspective. And so you look at me, I am not what 90% of the general wrestling community looks like. You know, obviously I'm an African-American. I'm extremely strong, um, physically gifted. But, you know, in retrospect, like I think about, you know, the position of how I've been labeled throughout 
the years, you know, whether it's just based on my explosiveness or my speed, it's rarely based on my technical ability. Like, you know, no one says Burroughs is, has, is extremely te- technical. It's like, oh, he has, he has a good double leg, you know, or <laughs> no one's ever described me as having an amazing gas tank. It's just like, oh, he's, his, 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 his explosiveness helps him get takedowns and no one can really get to him because he's so athletic. And so he doesn't <laughs> you not even get tired because he just takes people down first before they can wear him down. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's definitely true. I think that's definitely true in a number of situations. But, you know, it's, it's difficult because of the sport that, that we're within. And, and I, I appreciate the wrestling community. And I think that I've tried to do my best to appeal to every culture within this particular niche sport. Um, and so whether you're big, strong, small, fast, athletic, um, technical, whatever it may be, I feel as though you describe someone based on their gifts that they've acquired through work, not the things that they were naturally blessed with. Like, I wasn't always the best. So it's not like I was born this amazing athlete with long arms and big biceps and this explosive double leg. Like, I was a one-time state champ. And so it's not like once I, you know, once I got to Nebraska, all of a sudden my arms sprouted and freaking I got this amazing wingspan, like, these things were, were built, like were built. I was really forged into a champion. And so I think I'd have a connectivity with General America because I'm every man's man. Like I came from a family where no one wrestled. You know, I didn't have the best coaching staff growing up. I didn't have amazing training partners. Like my college coach was a Division two wrestler. Um, my One of my other training partners, Brian Snyder, was never an NCAA champion. So like you think of the things that like we've built within this sport, it was not because of natural gifts. Like it was really just straight up grinding and mental toughness and preparation and discipline and sacrifice and being committed to getting better outside of, you know, my physical gifts. Like neither one of my parents even played organized sports growing up. And so if you just talk about growing up in a, a spirit of athleticism, like that was definitely not my family. Yeah. And I think that's what, what me and Christian have, have said that um, it, it almost, I, I don't know if this is the right word, but it almost cheapens, um, or, or, or I think it's lazy to say that Jordan Burroughs is explosive and athletic and, and, and they always say blast double, blast double, as if it's like some innate, um, innate characteristic that can't be reproduced by the average man with even if they work hard like you didn't you didn't start at age five and dominate every person you've ever wrestled from age five till now um your game has evolved you you have evolved and and to to just look at the look at the blast double which me and Kristen have said on countless times that's that's not all that jordan burroughs is he wins matches late he comes back from deficits he has a he has a gas tank, and so I just think to 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 write Jordan Burroughs off as explosive, athletic, blast double is to cheapen all the facets of his game and all the hard work that he's put in to become what he is now. Right. I, I just don't think people can identify with that type of physical skill set. Um, predominantly, like, just on a, a large consensus it's, it's, it's tough and I am blessed and I'm going to admit that I am extremely blessed and I will never you know negate the value of my athleticism and my strength and my explosiveness and my reaction time within a match and that how that helps my ability to win but also I'm in there grinding dog like every single day I put in as much work as anyone and I work extremely hard so mm-hmm. you know just what I portray onto the mat and the way my skills and my wrestling abilities are displayed may be a little bit different but you know I think I'm not even the best athlete in wrestling I think there are a number of guys I can name Reese Humphrey um I think of Kyle Dake like some of these guys who I I consider amazing athletes within the sport but you would never describe them based upon their athleticism you probably 
describe them based on their technical superiority to their opponents. Isaiah Martinez, right? He's a crazy athlete. Crazy athletic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a stud, dude. He's a stud. Um, but he's Hispanic, so I don't know how you would describe him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the the buzzwords for, for Hispanic wrestlers are. But, yeah, I, I think it's – Yeah, I don't it, know what the, what the buzzword for him would be. Right. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting. You talk about your gas tank. I feel like some of it is pe- – people can't be – people that comment about you, Jordan – they can't have actually watched you wrestle much is a conclusion I've had. I mean, did they watch your match against David Taylor at the U.S. Open where, where he had nothing left? Did they watch your um, world match in 11 against Sargush when it went, was a three-period war and you, you completely broke the guy? So I think for them to not acknowledge, uh, I guess, your mental toughness and your physical stamina, I think it, it literally comes from people cannot possibly be watching you enough because if they watch you – there's no way you don't have draw these conclusions. That's the that's the only way I can like come to terms with people yeah, saying what I they do. I think it's I think it's the most I think it's the most obvious visible attribute. That's it. It's I, it's just the most obvious. Like if you watch yeah. you see like saying that dude's in a sleep. And so like I don't think everyone who's saying these things is doing it purposely or to belittle or degrade my abilities, but I think that it's just the most obvious visible attribute that i display when competing and so you know it's understandable call it lazy maybe um they don't really go into depth of watching and considering and pondering the things that we're able to do within a wrestling match but it's just the nature of the game um i don't think there's any racial undertones i just think that (laughs) it so happens that a number of guys who are African American who rise to the top are great athletes. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I could name one who who wasn't an amazing athlete that's been successful over the last couple of years. It'd be tough to name one. Mm-hmm. Shifting gears, Jordan. Uh, the last couple of weeks, the the topic of steroid use, um, especially with Russia, has come up, and it's been kind of growing momentum surrounding their Rio future are they in or they out it looks like they'll be in but I just want your thoughts on doping in wrestling particularly Russian doping how prevalent you believe it is have you competed against uh, wrestlers that were on steroids that you think Uh, I just want your kind of overall take on the steroid climate yeah for sure one more thing I was just thinking about in terms of you know the description of African American wrestlers maybe it's because our best athletes in the African-American community don't wrestle, you know? And so Mm -hmm. if you've got someone who's a prototypical athlete, maybe they've engaged in some other sport, whether it's track and field or basketball. Like I think about when I was growing up, like the best athletes didn't wrestle. They either played football, they played basketball, or they were in track and field. And so there are a number of good athletes that do remain in the sport and they just do so happen to be great athletes. Yeah, you know, Jordan. Um, but yeah, back to the Russian doping scandal. I just I, uh, I, okay, go ahead, man. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Willie. Go ahead, you do your thing. No, I, 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 I sort of, I see where you're coming from with that, but I've also been in arguments with people where, um, you know, sometimes the World Championships, after the World Championships, and after the Olympics, there's often um, a community response where. They, they, they had hoped that our um, United States team had done better. And then there's all, everybody has the right answers. Everybody says, we need to do this, we need to do that. And one thing that always gets brought up after every um, world or Olympic championships is, well, we don't have the athletes. Well, we don't have the athletes. We need to recruit. We need, we, we need more Jordan Burroughs in wrestling. Um, but... Most of the Jordan Burroughs of the world are playing basketball or football or track and field, and I I, I disagree with that because there's no okay you know obviously wrestling wants as many of the best athletes that that they can get they want everybody the wrestling people want everybody to wrestle we should we should want the whole world to wrestle but there's there's no reason to think I don't have any reason to think that a guy that's a good cornerback or a good point guard um, 
necessarily translates into the hard work and talent that Jordan Burroughs is. I don't think it's it's as I don't think it's as seamless as saying get the athletes, they turn into champions. I I just I know how much work no, 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 But 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 to your yeah, point, right? There are, I, yeah. there are a lot of great athletes who compete, but not at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I just want know, to say so that. It's, it's so many intangibles. So many intangibles. You're absolutely right. Well, you're a very educated man. You're a genius. <laughs> Don't feed the ego. Hey, Come Mark, on, champ. Yeah. I got to work with him. No, you guys are great, man. I love listening to you guys uh, discuss topics in the wrestling community. I truly appreciate it. You guys are very educated on numerous topics, but especially the wrestling is pretty cool to see. Although, Willie, were you a state runner-up? No, I lost in semis. I lost in oh, semis. Man. I was I was part you of that lost team. all respect for you, Willie. <laughs> you know what the worst part is? I don't know about to root for you as a wrestling fan anymore. <laughs> you know what the worst part is, JB? I, uh, I lost in state semis to a guy that Snyder beat at the state tournament the year before, so I can never live that down. Oh, dang. What about you, Christian? Did you wrestle in high school? I did, but I was pretty did you ter- ever finish it? No, no way. I was terrible. Uh, <laughs> All right, so now, what's up? I said, now all the guys that beat you in high school are probably listening to you talk about the sport. <laughs> that's probably true. That's probably true. That's a good way to look at it. I wish I was better. That's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean to derail that. I didn't mean to derail that. I just I feel very strongly that. Um, there are a lot of athletes out there that could probably do well in wrestling, but I don't think, I, I don't think that it's um, as easy as getting the athletes in and they'll immediately become Olympic champions because there's so many intangibles. They have to work as hard as Jordan Burroughs and they have to work as hard as um, Jake Varner. And and I think it yeah. cheap, it cheapens it cheapens a world gold. You know. Kyle Snyder puts in a tremendous amount of work. It it it, it cheapens a world gold and and cheapens an Olympic medal to say that insert athlete here automatic performance. So I just wanted to say that and and um, Christian had brought up the 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 Russian doping situation and I'd love to hear love you hear your take on that. It's interesting to me, man, because I, I think the Russians are so freaking amazing already. Like, their technical abilities. and Like, they've never – well, for, hold on. Let me speak on this. I didn't consider the Russians, like, extremely well-conditioned, for one. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I never was, like, saw them beat a guy because they just wore him down, keeping the pace high and wrestling really hard through every position and end up beating a guy or an American because he wore him out, wore him out or wore him down. I saw those beat those dudes beat guys because they were superior technically, because they were comfortable and adequate in every single position, because you know they just had abilities that were well versed for a long period of time with the same training staff consistently with amazing wrestlers, and so like in terms of their doping maybe. They spend less time, um, you know, lifting and running. They spend more time on technical work or maybe, you know, whatever they do or whatever the significant change is in their training because of this addition of PEDs or whatever they're using. I don't completely understand because I already thought that they were superior technically (laughs) to most every country in the entire world. Um, It'll be interesting, though. I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I want to see as fair field of Olympians possible. And so it's tough to ban an entire country, entire delegation based upon individuals. But, like, at the end of the day, you know, it is what it is. If you have state-sponsored doping scandal in which many samples are tainted and then being covered up, like, that's only what we know of. You know, there could be thousands or in a variety of different sports, and it's so hard because, you know, who knows if, if Russia is even the best. You know, we consider them the best because they won so much, but, who, I mean, this doping scandal could go back 
for generations. You know, could you truly consider someone who owes extra to win the best? I don't know. They, I don't think they've been doing it fairly. I don't know if they have been. I'm a purist. I'd like to think that they have been doing it well, and I'm hoping that Godoyev is clean. But at the end of the day, I want the Olympics to be as pure as possible and about the spirit of sport. We both work we step on the line, we shake hands. Whoever did it the most and whoever's willing to give it, they're all at this particular time of match, then they're going to win, you know, and no extras, like no extras. That's it. Like no, no extras. It's not hard to not do that stuff. Right. It's not hard. Like someone, someone's got to be giving you this, like here, take this or here, do this. Like, and they understand it. It's obviously easier for them to be an Olympic champion. They've got crazy, crazy opportunities afterwards. But, you know, initially I'd hope that they do it the right way. And so, I'm going to say that Godoyev is clean and we're going to meet in the finals of the Olympics. PED free, blood doping free, and create a match that's unforgettable. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Godoyev, Russia Wrestling put out kind of a, a little taunting, a little smack-talking video um, of Godoyev taking you down, his one takedown, one in a match he lost. Um, did you see that? Did you see that? And what were your thoughts? I did see it. Um, you know, it's funny. So, so, like, regardless of if they taught me or not, and I can never ramp up my training methods because I always um, – it's so awesome. I think it's awesome because they're going to create some type of – recognition from the community and the public. You know, it's kind of like you guys do. You guys do storylines to create <laughs> amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. Like, people want to see that. They want suspense. They want teasing. They want teasers. They want the opportunity to see something pretty pretty solid. I don't know if he was behind it. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. But no doubt in my mind, regardless of those videos or – you guys' response video, we're both going to be well-prepared, and we both want to win. Right. You, um, yeah, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're good. In, in 2015, uh, after you made the team, you, you called out Sargush. He has not sent, made the team since. Does a part of you want just one more crack at Dennis? Um, he's your last, Absolutely. your last loss. Yeah, you want that match, right? I do, I do. I want it. I want it bad, but I don't want it as bad as you think. Like he's good, dude. He's freaking good. Um, and you know the 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 boastful and egotistical and great athlete and confident Burroughs wants him. I think it it'll allow for me to have type of closure in my career give me validation that you know I feel as though I got the last win on that guy and he's extremely tough and I feel like he's one of the best wrestlers in the world still at this point regardless of what happened last time there's and that he can't make the team there's no doubt that he's still who he is and if we competed it'd be a, a freaking battle yeah. but you know the the fearful anxious um, nervous bros is like man this dude may be one of the only dudes in the world who's capable of beating me so it's like the be careful what you wish for type of aspect like this dude's solid man and we had a great match the previous time and I know that he's got some stuff that can neutralize my my good stuff um, but I don't know dude I, I, I was hoping that he would make the team um but now that Godoy's on the team, I know it's going to be a close match. Like it was, it was a good match in 2015 at the World Championships. I wish I just want us to be on different sides. To be honest with you, yeah. Like I don't care who's on my side. I just want Godoy and I to be on different sides of the bracket. They, that would be ideal. I'd love to meet in the finals. All five World Championships, all five, five Worlds and Olympics that I've wrestled in, I've been on the same side as the Russians every single time. Wow. 
that is that crazy or what? And you got some crazy stats like that too. Talk. We were talking off air before the show. Tell tell the people at home what your schedule has been. It's always consistent, right, with the Worlds and the Olympics. What day you go? Yeah, yeah. And so I am always the last day of the World Championships and the first day of the Olympic Games. And so back in 2012, I competed with Sam Hayeswinkle on the first day. This year, August 19th, is the date that I'll be competing with 57 kilo Dan Bennett. So it'll be exciting times, man. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I want to get the people fired up, not only America, but our team. I think Kyle Snyder and I think we can – I'm maybe call me freaking naive or just crazy, but I think we're going to bring home a lot of medals this year. A lot of medals this year. Yeah. And so we'll see. We got guys and Frank Monero come out and crotch and double leg and go off to back for four and seeing Dan Dennis go out and dominate at the German Grand Prix and watching, you know, the World Cup where obviously Snyder is always Mr. Dependable. It's, it's going to be interesting. I think that everyone's in a good position to do well. You know, we were talking about athletes got a freaking sick lineup, dude. They got the, they probably got the best lineup in the world, I have to imagine. Did you say um, Azerbaijan? Azerbaijan, yeah. So they've, yeah. Got a medalist at every, they've got a medalist at every weight. And supposedly, Haji Aliyev is going down to 57 kilos. Yeah, which is but insane. He, he wrestled 61. At, in Germany, which was a week and a half ago, and he made two kilos there, and he still looked like he <laughs> was not struggling, but he was he wasn't you know having every meal that's for sure. And so they've got Aliyev at 57, multiple time world champ. At 65, they got Esgarov, who's an Olympic champ. 74, they've got Hasanov, who's a multiple time medalist. 86, they've got Shreifov, who's an Olympic gold medalist, world champ. 97, Gazumov, who's a world champ and multiple-time medalist. And then at heavyweight, you got Megamedov, who's the world silver medalist last year. Like, that's such a dirty lineup. Yeah. So people, freaking good. Yeah, people um, sleep on them for sure. We got our hands full. That's, that's all I'm going to say. We got to wrestle perfectly. Like, there's yet to be a day where I feel like all four matches have been perfect. Like, where I've been flowing, wrestling well. Uh, everything has been working um, in terms of, you know, my my shots and my defense. But I'm hoping that the Olympics will, will be that type of performance. I'm looking forward to it. And I think that we've got the right team and a team that people are excited about. There's really no point, a weak point in our lineup where I'm like, eh, I don't really know about this guy. I think that we've got guys who have all had great international wins. And if the placement in the bracket is is proper – we could do we could do some great things. You you mentioned yeah you mentioned Germany um, a, a tournament you won you were never in danger of of losing um, and and really there was no one that was was on your level that could probably give you a match. But do you ever enter a tournament where you're not just focused on ten zero and everybody where you want to actually play with some of the stuff you've been working on you're not really putting your best game plan out there but maybe you have a specific focus like you want to work on a single you want to work on defending singles you want to do this and that not just you know you can double leg and take down or double leg step out anyone in the world whenever you want so do you ever have like kind of a a shift in focus for coming into a tournament yes i do but that's that's like a constant psychological battle with me is trying new stuff and then going back to what I'm good at. Cause like if I go back to what I'm good at, I know I can score. I know I can, I feel confident that I can do well against any opponent in the world, but trying new stuff. There are times where I get stymied or I get scored on, or I'm having difficulty getting to a guy's legs or, you know, clearing ties. And so that's, that's the tough part is like, I can't watch a guy's video and prepare for a matchup with me based upon his video against other opponents. It's, it's so hard because, like, they never wrestle me the way they'd wrestle the Russian or the way they'd wrestle the Azerbaijani or the way they'd wrestle Yazdani from Iran. Like, it's always different for me because of, you know, my athletic prowess and, and my ability to score from different positions and just my high-level attacks. I think the, the attack rate – so I took 46 shots at the World Championships, 46, and I finished 17 of them. 
Mm. And my opponents in those six matches took 16 shots <laughs> and finished two of them. And so I took 47 or 46 and finished 17, and they took 16 and finished two. And so, like, you think about the frequency of attacks per match. Like, most guys aren't shooting on me. They're finding ways to slow me down, you know, how to control ties, control risk, two-on-one, stay low, defend well. Um, and so I've always got to make mid-match adjustments prepare for different opponents based upon what their game plan was leading into this match and that's difficult for me and so but it, it's really helped me progress mentally is that is like it frustrating know, like, it's gonna be wild card is it frustrating i mean i remember in the budapest final the guy from iran um he didn't wrestle you he completely shut down and 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 the guy you wrestled in the i don't know was it quarterfinals that year He's always pulling your singlet. And he, I mean, he got DQ'd for it, right? Shabanov, yeah. Yeah, Shabanov. Is it is it frustrating um, when people just, I mean, they're not trying to wrestle you? No, yes. Yes and no. I think it's it's a constant battle. I think it's frustrating because, yes, I want to score badly, but realistically, why would you mix it up with me? Like, that's stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No one wants to create create a shootout and just start firing off shots and play cat and mouse with me. Um, and so they're going to come with a game plan that logistically is going to allow for them to be in the best position to win. And so whether that's, you know, controlling ties and just keeping it a one- or two-point match the entire match and hoping for a game-winning takedown at the end because they're within striking distance or that's just pressing the pace and not shooting and just trying to collar tie and dig other hooks to get me on the shot clock. I don't really know what to expect. It is frustrating because, yes, I do like to just mix it up um, selfishly because I feel good in those positions and I feel better than my opponents offensively. But no, because I wouldn't do it either. Like, I was wrestling, like when I wrestled James Green, I wrestled James Green yesterday. Like, I ain't shooting underneath of that guy. <laughs> right. I ain't shooting from the open. He's too, he's too fast. His counter offense is too good. Like you're not you're not going to do that to those type of guys, and so realistically, no, I I know what to expect from those dudes, and that's been an extra element to my wrestling that I've got to continuously improve on is like get more angles, use your hands more, more face, more foot movement, more motion, really keep these guys uncomfortable. If you stand around, I'm not good at the stand around game. I'm good at winning late, but I ain't good at the standing around game. I don't want to be within striking distance of these guys where something happens and I get taken down late and I lose. Like, I want to open it up. I'm not comfortable unless I'm up by five. Yeah. With the World Cup this this year, you had the, the birth of your daughter. You weren't able to come, obviously. Um, my question, you tweeted this picture, and I still can't believe it, but Yazdani Trotti apparently sent you a gift and your family a gift, and the note said... Thank you for staying home this weekend. I attached a gift for your kindness. Is is that real? No, I made that myself. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe people actually believe that. That's crazy. He has no idea how to write. Or well, that was my thing. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that one day. I'm like, dang. After I tweeted that to you guys, like about the the note being, or about the about the present, I just got like, man, it'd be funny if I actually wrote a note to accompany present. Um but dang, he looked good at the World Cup, man. He looked freaking good. He's a beast. You know, it's so hard because like I try not to get caught up in what other guys are doing. Like I've never been that guy. I always am confident that my good stuff is better than their good stuff. And I don't want to get into defending the things that they do well. Like, okay, this guy's gonna underhook and he's gonna try to throw you by. You gotta keep your elbows in because then that will deter me from doing the things that I like to do and staying offensive, you know, and just trying to defend do red alerts. Um, but it's, it's interesting to see him progress because he's become an absolute beast. And he's had some losses this year. He got pinned by Balas in the Medved, and he got beat by Chabonau in the finals of Paris. But what he did at the World Cup was freaking impressive. Um yeah, man, it, he's good, dude. He's good. He's yeah. good. It is what it is. He's good. That's all. I always like. I never. I'm not the guy that's like, man. This, but he's weak here, though. But he doesn't have this. You could beat him here. Like I'm just like, 
this dude's good. He's sound in every position. You just got to beat him. Yeah. He, he just got to beat him. Like, he's going to be prepared. He's going to be well-versed. He's going to feel good. He's going to have a great weight cut. He's going to be hungry. You've got to beat him at his best. Can you do it? Yeah. And that's, and that's ultimately going to define you. The thing is, I may be a very gullible person. Willie can confirm that with the note and everything. But he should be thanking you. I mean, that's my mentality. I'm like, yeah, because yeah, he would have got this work if he'd, if he'd, if he'd have been yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to have think thought so. I'd like to have thought so. Yeah. I'd like to wrestle him. Yes, I would. It'd be ideal. Him in the semifinals and then Godoyev in the finals. That'll be that'll be a good matchup for me. I'm telling you what. I mean, this this is my thing about now they're separating the world the world finalists or whatever. Um, okay, that's great and all, but the world finals happened in the semis last year. They've happened uh, in yeah, that previous. Does not, that does nothing for me. It, it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So you could theoretically, if they continue with this forever, you could have Godoyev in the semis or round one every single year because you will never hit him in the finals because you'll never get separated. <laughs> so it's like. I don't know. I don't know how they can do it, but I am like you, Jordan. I want that in the finals. Can you imagine if the match you had against Godoyev would have been in the world finals? I mean, uh, that that was unbelievable. That was one of the most exciting yeah, matches slow down, slow down. that that we had yeah, all of 2015. Um, yeah, that was fun, man. It was fun to be a part of. Crazy. Okay. Um, so we were talking on doping. I, I, I think people... Um, don't know really the world that um, the athletes at your level and the guys that are on the national team go through with USADA and the testing and how they like, I've heard some funny oh. stories. Like they just, they show up, they hang out at your house for a couple hours. If you don't have to go with it. Uh, it, it do you have like a funny or a random or like a weird USADA story? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I got a couple. You yeah. Know, it's actually a period of time that, um, it was just like a month ago. I got tested twice in the same week. Mm-hmm. Literally six days apart, I got tested. Like, it was a crazy, crazy period of time. But, yeah, so the funny story I have is one day, this is before Arne and I were married. I was living in an apartment here in Lincoln. This was right before the Olympics. And I was, like, out one night, and I'd lost my keys. I'd lost my, my house keys. And so I'm like, crap. I don't even have the keys to my house. I don't know where they are. Like, I'm just going to have to sleep in our wrestling locker room. So, fortunately, we have, like, a lounge with a cool couch and TVs in the wrestling locker room. And so, I end up sleeping in the locker room. I wake up, like, 7 a.m. the next morning on my cell phone. And she saw it. He's like, hi, this is um, Dave Carl. I'm at your crib right now. You got to get here because you got to pee. Obviously, it's Shusada. So, I'm like, I don't have my house keys. I have no way to get into my house. Like, is there somewhere that we could go? To, to take a pee and he's like yeah yeah we can go somewhere like is there any restaurants in the area <laughs> and I'm like yeah yeah there's a, a Panera bread right up the street from my apartment let's go there and so he's like alright let's do it and so me and him here we are we walk, we're walking into a Panera bread we've got obviously the packages out at the testing kits and when you pee you've got to pull your pants down to your knees oh my and gosh. they have to watch you the entire time and so I'm in a Panera Bread, freaking right down the street from my house, and I've got this guy in the stall with me <laughs> with my pants down to my knees. And I'm just like, oh, my God, like, please, please, God, don't let anyone else come in here right now. Oh, my it, it word. Was, it, was, it was crazy. So, so, so eventually I, I was able to pee, and we had to do, like, the processing in his car. But the whole time I'm just like, oh, my goodness, like, I'm just in here in the stall with this guy, like in the middle of this Panera Bread. Like I'm a, a world champion, two-time NCAA champion here. If I walk out of the stall and someone sees me and recognizes me, this old man, he's gonna be like, "What the heck were you doing in there?" Um, but yeah, it worked out. They know uh, saw me. So now yeah. I can tell the story jokingly, and it could be <laughs> comedic relief instead of freaking anguish. Yeah. Another thing that people maybe don't know is that you have to, and any athlete that is on the national team, you have to have your whereabouts like known and explicitly like lined up for them. Is that ever become like... Everywhere you go. A pro- yeah, everywhere, everywhere you, go. you go, they have to know. They have to know, I don't know, they have to know when you go grocery shopping, if you got to run to the store for a gallon of... Like, 
it, it's it's extensive. Do you ever yeah. like forget yeah. to put I down? Failed, I had a failed test. I had a fair where a fair it can count a missed whereabout as a failed test this year at the NCA tournament. So of course it comes the exact day that I leave. So I left for the NCA the day that they came to my crib. So oh. I always tell them to come extremely early so I can still so I haven't peed yet in the morning or else they'll be hanging out with you until you pee. <laughs> however long that takes. And so I've had guys here with me till noon when they've got here at 7 a.m. Um, and so I went to the NCAAs. One of our friend, our neighbors called me like, hey, there's a guy from USADA or something here. He says that you need to take a drug test. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I forgot to update. And so when you don't update, they consider it a failed test unless you send some type of written plea that's like an appeal. And so I sent them pictures of me from the NCAA tournament, like an interview that I did with ESPN, like my itinerary from my United flight to New York City, my hotel um, itinerary from Stan near the garden. They're like, oh, you still fail. We don't care. You should have updated it. You forgot isn't a good enough excuse. And so if you get a combination of three missed whereabouts within a 12-month period, you automatically – get suspended for two years oh my god so like you've got to be there so if like if you just like forget to update them and like say like i'll go like willie say i spend a night at your house and my phone dies Mm -hmm. and like i'm just chilling at your crib and i miss the test and he comes to my house and no one sees him and gives me a call and warns me like he's gone and he only stays for an hour he arrives at 6 a.m he leaves at 7 a.m and if you aren't there in that hour period it's a wrap for you jordan Um, please continue to update that yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, wherever I go, like, I got to text them. So, like, when I go to the Olympic Training Center, I got to text them. When I go to fly wherever for a wrestling camp, got to text them. Got to keep them updated. Text, email, phone call, something. But, yeah, like, they're on you. So, that's why I'm. That's why this Russian thing is so crazy to me. Because yeah. I'm like, man, they're so hard on us here. And these dudes are basically controlling the game over there. Like, whatever they say goes. That's wild. Right. I mean uh... – on the one end of the spectrum here in America, you're subjected to peeing in a Panera bread where in Russia, Russia's version of USADA is is giving out the pills, is, is covering up for those guys. So when people are like, it doesn't matter, send them anyways, we want to beat the best. I'm like, well, we want to beat the best, not no, scientifically <laughs> created guys. You want to beat the best clean guys. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk. Like what? No, then there would never have been any consequences or suspensions or like sanctions for anyone who ever took steroids. Like, yeah. just let them do their thing. Let's see if they can do it. Like, yes, there's a large market because you still have to get takedowns and score points and beat your opponent. But like, there are days that I feel like absolute crap that I can't recover. That may be helped if I, you know, had blood doping or times that I'd be able to train more and get stronger and get better or spend more days on the practice mat instead of doing a recovery day or, you know, lose weight and crash diet at the end of, you know, the week and prepare for a tournament and make weight and then be able to replenish in IV or whatever the heck they're doing over there. Like, you don't know, but I want to beat those guys. Absolutely. I want to beat no matter who, whoever steps on the mat, I still want to beat them. Um, and if they're doing a good enough job at tainting the results and hiding the fact that they were doing it, then so be it. I'll just try my best to beat them. But if I knew beforehand and they said, listen, bros, we're going to give you the opportunity. We just found out Godoy was doping, and it's your decision. It's up to you. You can either allow him to be in the tournament or we can suspend him. Let's say suspend him. Yes, exactly. As you should. As you should. Um, a uh, couple more before we're, we're not going to keep you overtime, Jordan. Um, we appreciate you coming on. You just turned 28. Okay. Just like, I'm a, old. no, that's, <laughs> that's what the question's about. Okay. Um, where are you, where do you see yourself in terms of your prime? Are you entering your prime? Are you in the middle of your prime? Are you, are you leaving your prime? I have uh, my opinion that you're very much in the middle or entering your prime, but how do you feel? No, the the Olympics, my wife and I, we made a decision that the Olympics is going to be my last tournament. Really? 
No, I'm just messing with you. Golly, God. come on. That's not funny. I told you I'm gullible. Then you're going to drop stopped. that on me. I fell for that one, too. I, that is so cold blooded. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to 2020. I'm gonna go to 2020. I feel good. I feel like I still can compete. You know, interesting stat. Another interesting stat. Out of the seven world champions in 2015 in Vegas, I was the oldest. The seven freestyle world champions at 27 years old, I was the oldest of the seven. Wow, that's an unbelievable and stat, Jordan. It's a, it's a young man's game now, man. It's the game's changed. The game's definitely changed. But I feel good. I feel good. I still feel like I can compete. Obviously, there's things outside of the wrestling with having a wife at home and two kids that kind of detract me away from doing the sacrificial training and the weeks away from home that I used to do as a young man. But while I'm in it, if it's to be won and to be had, I want to win it. I want to get it. And so I'm an ultimate competitor. If I'm going to put my shoes on and compete, it's going to be at the highest level possible. But yeah, I don't know. I feel good, man. I, I am getting older. I do recover a little bit slower, but I have greater perspective. Like I, I'm training smarter. Like I'm learning more. Like I still think I have the ability to continuously grow in a bunch of different positions. Like I, I don't feel like I'm refined or fully polished yet. I we, got a we lot of positions that I want to get better at. Yeah, we still see you adding to your repertoire, adding to your game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You have to, dude. Evolve or die in the sport of wrestling. Get better or get beat, as I like to say. So we'll see how things progress. Um, I really want to win this Olympic Games, though, man. I want to win it bad. And, you know, obviously it's cliche to say this is the biggest tournament of my life, but this is really a legacy cementing day. Dude. I mean, one day. Four dude. matches. Yep. Legacy cemented. Two. It would be your second Olympic title. It would be your fifth. Mm-hmm. Right overall, gold. Um, it puts you in rarefied air. It, it, I mean, <laughs> if Jordan Burroughs doesn't win this Olympics, Jordan Burroughs is still really awesome. If Jordan Burroughs wins this Olympics, you're talking. <laughs> you're talking legends, right? Yep. Yeah. So. Um. Nope, but no pressure, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure, Jordan. Yeah, I mean, you you say that, Jordan, big, biggest term of your life. I think you realize the, the moment, yet every time I watch you compete, you are consistently unflappable. You, you're losing to Godoyev. You're losing to Sargush. You're, I mean, you don't come in and kill everybody you wrestle. You're in close matches, controversial matches. You get screwed. How do you never, ever, ever show uh, any weakness mentally? I think that the biggest thing for me is to be heartless and not in the sense of uncaring, but I think in order to be a high-level athlete, you have to be able to detach your emotions from your performance. And I think that's what I've been able to do a good job of. Is like I'm always even-keeled unflappable as you stated like i never get rattled never get overly excited from a takedown and i never get down because i got taken down i'm in it to, to just bell rings at six minutes and i'm i'm willing to die trying if i have to but i know like it doesn't have to be anything crazy like i don't have to dominate these guys you tell someone you won the olympics they don't ask okay well, what are the scores to your matches they just know that you've got the gold medal in hand and so that's the important thing to me. I want to become better to be prepared for every situation. And if I dominate, I love it. I'd love it. So the biggest question is always, what would you prefer? Would I prefer to go and wrestle in the finals of the Olympics and come out and double leg them right away, transition to a lace and tefal them in the first minute? Or would I prefer to down big the entire match and battle all the way back and get a takedown with two seconds left on the clock. Like that's the question. And I think that's the question for every wrestler. Do you want to win easy or do you want it to be tough? Yeah. That's hard. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that to that because it's it's hard to be in a position mentally to do to do those things. Well, we're certainly pulling for you, Jordan, and we really appreciate your time. You're having uh the, the the city of Lincoln's having a send-off for you Saturday. Yeah, um, you were supposed to be there. 
you know what? Shots I fired. Just, <laughs> I just made the call. I just made the call. I'm getting on a flight tomorrow, and I'm coming to see it. Are you coming? I promise you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Good man. You are the man. <laughs> I will be there. I'm not going to miss this. Um, Beta yeah, will be there, good, too. Yeah. And uh, Dan Gable is actually coming. Believe it or is not, he? we got Dan Gable. Sweet. To my send-off, and I'm a hustler. It should be fun, man. All good stuff. All oh, good stuff. Good. And my man, Peter, will be there. Yeah, and it's warranted too, man. You've 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 been one of the all-time greats in this country. You continue to uh, be the flag bearer for us, and you, you do everything right. And and uh, it should be a celebration to send you off. So um, thank you. Good luck, and I, I will see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. We will see you tomorrow, my man. That's awesome. Uh, glad you guilt trip willing to go, and he should be there, Jordan. Yeah. Hey. I did it. <laughs> Before we go, before we go, Jordan, you got anything else for us? No, I'm just thankful for you guys allowing me on the show. Um, August 19th, as I stated, is the day that I will compete at the Olympic Games, myself and Dan Dennis. And so you guys have a calendar, an iPhone, iPad, or a notebook, anything, please mark that date down. August 19th is the day that I'll be competing. So I appreciate everyone listening in today. I'm a big fan of Flow Wrestling and what you guys are doing for the wrestling community. And I think that it's going to be a good summer. Two gold. Two gold. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks a All lot, right. Jordan. We appreciate your time, and uh, good luck August 19th. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. My favorite show of all time, having Jordan Burroughs on. An honor, as always. For sure. Make sure you guys are uh, locked into these Olympic Games. Stay tuned for some coverage from Jordan's send-off. We'll be coming at you again. I'm not sure if we'll do it next week, Willie. I'll be in Fargo. Who knows? You'll be interviewing people because White Collar Willie, you never know with him. Uh, I don't know. I should probably. I have an interview tomorrow, uh, and I'm not going to be able to make it. I'm going to Lincoln. I'm going to tell him to change my schedule up. Uh, I'm going to see Jordan. I love it. The guilt tripped you into it. I'm playing the outro so... music. Yes, he did. Well, I'm playing the outro music. It's time to go. What a show. Jordan Burroughs, ladies and gentlemen, that is all.